When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as usual with Alf Sydney. You can find him at Alf954. I'm at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. If you want to find our website, that's FiveReasonsports.com, spelled out FiveReasonsports.com. Check out our little dig at the Philadelphia 76ers fans. Check it out on the website and our merchandise page. Uh, our guy, Adam Smoot, uh, just designed something that Heat fans will like. Also, the other podcasts in our network are all there. You can find f- Three Yards Per Carry, analysis, inside joke there, analysis on the Dolphins, and the Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick decision, which I don't know why that decision hasn't been made already, uh, as well as Fish Tank. They had Jeff Darlington on this week telling Dolphin stories. And Five Rings Canes had a bunch of new episodes leading up to UFUM. I should, I should go the other way. UMUF. We had this interesting conversation, Alf, which I'm going to get into in a second, on who you should root for if you grew up in Miami but went to Gainesville. And I was a little surprised at that poll. Um, but before we get to the rest of our episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network and the Five on the Floor podcast, and that's Doral Toyota. So this episode going into the weekend. So this weekend, definitely go check them out. They've got more than 1,200 cars and in inventory, in-house financing available for credit-related issues, and you'll work with a dedicated concierge manager if you mention Five Reasons or Five on the Floor. They're conveniently located just three blocks east of Dolphin Mall. Of course, it's in Doral. They've got pricing at an all-time low, and they'll beat any other Toyota dealer price. So check out DoralToyota.com. That's DoralToyota.com. Or the address, if you want to find it, 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Again, just a few blocks from International Dolphin Malls, 9775 Northwest 12th Street. But if you've got a little GPS thing, they will lead you to Doral Toyota. All right. So today, Alf, we're going to get to the Heat front court. We just did an episode on the Heat back court. Create a little controversy here on Twitter about the whole Goran Dragic thing and your conversation with me where you didn't think he was a top 20 starting point guard in the league, and I said he was. I think everybody agrees with me, uh, except like two guys. Except <laughs> like agree, two. I agree with me after. By the end of the, by the, end <laughs> of the conversation, I was like, wait, you're right. All right, thank you. I, I like when people come to that conclusion <laughs> later on. Um, but uh, wanted to get to uh, the front courts today. But before we do, just sort of a – this is just a football college question – if you grow up in Miami, a Canes fan, and I've always considered the Canes kind of a pro team more than a college team, the way that they're covered, you know, there's not that many alumni still. Um, you know, there's a lot of Fairweather fans. They've always had sort of a pro attitude. 
So it's a little bit different than the average college program, right? Which has all these boosters and everything else. It's not an SEC program. It's a private school. It's different. Um, if you grew up in Miami, a Canes fan, and then you went to Gainesville for school, who do you root for? I don't know if you realize that this actually applies to me. You know, I, I went not. to, I grew I up a Canes fan and I went to the University of Florida. I, I was not aware of the second part of that. <laughs> See, so this actually so, works so you out are perfect. Udonis, you are Udonis Haslam? Yes, and in, in, in basically that's the only way me and Udonis are anything alike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that tough. But um, I grew up a Canes fan, went to UF, and I will tell you, I lived in the dorms uh, right by the, st- uh, the swamp because that's where they put all the black people because there was no air conditioning. Um, ah, gotcha. Well, it, 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 it is, it is Gainesville. That's right. Murphy area. Uh, it was the, it was the hood of the, of the campus, but yeah, we had no air conditioning and we were right next to the swamp. Um, so on Saturdays <laughs> I would go to the, uh, the common room, the, where the kitchen was and all that stuff. And I would boo <laughs> the Gators and the Gator fans as they left the stadium from my window. And I would literally have people downstairs trying to bang down the door to the dorm room trying to come get me because I hate the Gators. I absolutely despise them. So, yeah, I went to the school, but I only went to the school because, listen, if you it was the best education for the cheapest price you can get in Florida. Like Mm -hmm. my family couldn't afford to go to the University of Miami. So that's why I went to Gainesville. So I, I didn't go to Gainesville. I was some loyalty to the school and. I, when I got there, I did, they didn't engender a lot of loyalty anyway because, you know, I consider Steve Spurrier a huge racist, but that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> But even without that part, I grew up in Miami. I was, I'm, I've been a huge Canes fan my entire life. My brother made me a Canes fan. There's absolutely no – I don't understand how you could grow up a Canes fan, have all that history behind you, go to another school in another state or go up north past Orlando and somehow become a fan of another team. It makes no sense to me. Well, and, you know, it's interesting you say that because that is actually how it polled. It, it polled about 65% that you should remain a Canes fan. And I was surprised by that because others sort of had the polar opposite opinion that, you know, I mean, that's crazy. That I mean, if you go to a school, you support the school. Now, I can't really speak to this because, A, uh, I didn't grow up in Miami. I mean, I moved down here when I was 13. The Canes were really good. I didn't like them. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I came down here in 85. And uh, yeah, I know. Well, I, but I just, I didn't like them. And I wasn't really a college fan. I've never been as big in college sports as pro sports. Uh, I mean, because to me, college sports are pro sports. They just don't admit it. And they just, obviously, they use the well, kids. And you know, that's the other thing. Growing up a Canes fan didn't mean you liked college football at all. That, right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was more of a pro Canes, thing. Yeah, being a Canes fan had nothing to do with liking college football. No, it no, it, no. It had, to do with, it had to do with the attitude. It had to do with representing Miami. But I, I didn't really, I really wasn't a Miami person. I was a New York person when I moved down here. So I didn't associate with the Canes that much. I didn't like them that much. I had friends who liked them a lot. And, uh, and so, you know, for me, and then I went, you know, in college, five years later, I went to a division three school and I went to Johns Hopkins. The only D one program they had was lacrosse. I mean, I, I lived with two basketball players, uh, in, in like a suite, we had like a little, you know, they put us together, you know, three of us in a, in a suite together. And, you know, one was the center of the team and the other was the power forward. They were six, four and six, two and white. (laughs) So, so, uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, and I covered that team too, but I, I you know, most covered lacrosse team there. So I, it was hard for me to, I mean, I don't have any, uh, you know, you know, I don't, I, I've never been able to relate, I guess, to what, you know, when I went to a, I went to Tuscaloosa, I went to uh, Knoxville, I've been to Norman, I've been to Austin. I can't relate to what those people feel. I just can't. It's, it's, it's totally foreign to me. Um, you know, I, I, I was in a fraternity in college. And so you associated with the fraternity, but I didn't really associate with the school again, because we didn't have any D1 programs other than lacrosse. So uh, it's interesting to hear you say that because you sided with most people. All right, let's get to the basketball then. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I'm curious and I, I did not know that about you. Well, I will, no, I will tell you that there was a contingent of us, of, of black students that just did not support anything athletic at UF. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we felt there was, we felt certain things about the school and the way they uh, treated us, if you will. Right. And we just, and, and most of us were from the crib. And if you know what the crib is, that's Broward and Dade, mm-hmm. sometimes Palm Beach, if we decide to let them in. But <laughs> if you were from the crib and you were a Canes fan, you, you remained a Canes fan. You really didn't, you really didn't switch over. I mean, some people did later, later on, but a lot of us just, you know, we just never really latched onto the school like that. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, now, I, I, whereas we're taping this pod, this pod's, uh, I think we're going to put it out between Friday night and Saturday morning. You and I are making a trip to Magic City Casino tonight to check out the High, uh, which we've been promoting here, which is their sort of new High Lie slash game slash nightclub slash beer, which is really the main reason we're going. But, yeah. uh, but, but we'll, we'll probably tape from there or record from there at some point. But by the time this comes out, um, and by the time people listen to this, Miami have lost to Florida by three touchdowns. And I hope not. Whoa, because, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, uh, well I, I hope not because I, I do feel like this has been about as good an offseason as Miami could possibly have. But I, it just has this feeling of crashing down um, a little bit like it did last year in the LSU game. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Let's get to the basketball. Uh, we did the backcourt yesterday, kind of how that would shake out. All right, so let's look at the front court for the Heat. Uh, you've got at the center position – uh, guys who, again, we're going to put Udonis to the side. We know what his role is. It's to kick people's asses in practice. So we're going to put Udonis to the side. Yante Maiton is gone. So we've got uh, in the front court, we've got Bam Adebayo. We've got Myers Leonard. We've got Kelly Olenek. We've got James Johnson, kind of in the power rotation. We then have uh, Jimmy Butler, naturally, Derek Jones Jr., possibly Casey Akpala. Um, is there anybody I'm missing? No, I don't think so. Duncan right. Robinson? Duncan Robinson, that's right. Who, yeah. Technically, they list kind of as a four. All right, so that's eight guys, right? Now, we talked yesterday about five guys. Haslam makes 14. I think that's what they have, right? It's 14 guys. Yeah, they're, they're so, at 14. Okay, so we've got eight guys. All right, so let's, let's take a look at possible combinations here in the front court. Jimmy Butler's a small forward. We agree on that, I think, right? Yeah, yeah that's – Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's a small forward. Yeah. Okay, uh, Bam Adebayo is the five, right? Yes. Okay. I mean – just depends on how you how you word it, but yeah, he's he's starting. He's going to be at the four or the five. At the four or the five. Just depending. Who, I, I think it's just depending on the matchup. Who, in your view, uh, is the best fit to fill that other front court spot? Okay, this is a little hard for me, just because, Kel, like, I was such a big fan of Kelly and Bam last year. I thought Kelly and Bam, and that's not just my thought. Like, if on paper, statistically. They were. They might have been the best one-two duo, uh, the two uh, best two-man uh, duo on the Heat last year. I'm not sure, but I think it's pretty damn close. Um, and they played so well together. And because 
the things that Kelly can do offensively just helps the team out, helps the offense run. And then defensively, Bam can kind of make up for Kelly's mistakes. I think people underrate Kelly as a defender. No, he's not a rim protector by any means, but he's a good, smart defender. Like he does, he plays his role and Bam can basically clean up anybody's mess. Um, But after talking to Coach Thorpe, check out that podcast. It was a couple weeks ago. We went through the entire Heat roster with Coach Thorpe. Um, I Myers Leonard shooting really, really, really intrigues me, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the starting lineup, let's say it's Winslow, Waiters, Bam, and Jimmy, right? Where's the shooting coming from there? Well, it would have to come from okay. Jimmy is uh, is a minus three point shooter to a flat three point shooter, right? Winslow uh, become when, a plus when, shooter, but not in volume. Not in volume, and he's going to be in a little bit of a different role, so he has to adjust to that. And Dion was second half of last season, but as we said, sometimes that's not the best thing for the offense. And you don't want to rely. You don't want to rely on shooting from Dion. You just you just don't. You don't want that to be. You don't want that to be his role because he will take that role and he'll take it very seriously. But if you're going to make a, a, a decision, if the decision here is between Olenek and Leonard, uh, I think it needs to be Olenek. Um, and, and the reason and, and that's without having watched Myers Leonard a ton. I mean, obviously, I saw the playoff game where he went off. Uh, he's been hard to find though in certain times. I mean, he has been kind of in and out of rotations. And I mean, the whole that, playoffs, the, whole, the entire playoffs, he went off, which is he he did, and uh, they didn't have Nurkic, right? So I mean, they needed him. Um, you know, and some of you know his role decreased because when Nurkic kind of uh, stepped up there, and then they went small sometimes. But I think that if you look at at Elinick and Leonard, from what I've seen of Leonard, there's just more to Kelly's game than there is to Leonard's. Uh, I understand what you're saying about the shooting. Kelly was a pretty good three-point shooter a couple of years ago. Now, I, I think what happened with Kelly and why I would start him, beyond the fact that I think his skill set's a little bit more diverse, is I think part of what happened with Kelly last year, and, and Spolster alluded to this, is that Kelly kind of got yanked in and out of rotations, right, and in and out of his previous role. Like the year before, pretty consistent role for Kelly Olenek, and he finished a lot of games too. Last yeah. year... He just didn't. They, and now, now they say it doesn't have anything to do with the minute count, and I sort of believe them at this point because they've been so adamant with me. So many people in the organization have been so adamant. They've heard, they heard me on the podcast about that. Uh, and, they, they, and some of our guys writing about it. And so they, they, they say that it didn't have anything to do with, you know, Kelly hitting certain incentives uh, and the tax and everything, and that's why he sat. And, you know, they're kind of you know, back what Spolster said, which was that, you know, they had – you know, they were working back James Johnson at the four. They still had Hassan, um, which means that, you know, Hassan and Bam were soaking up the minutes at the five, which meant there weren't any really minutes for Kelly at the five. And then you also had Derek Jones Jr., who they kind of put in there as a long-armed, you know, skinnier four. And he, they played well when he was on the court in that role. And so he just got squeezed. And that's why I would say that unless, you know, he really regresses, I think Kelly Olenek is the, is, is the combo with Bam. And there's also, like you said, there's history there. So there's history of the two of them playing well together. They have a connection together. They both handle the ball well. Um, you can run dribble handoff stuff through both of them. They understand their roles. I just think that that's, uh, to me, that's a better fit right now. Yeah, and listen, I don't think you can go wrong either way. And I just, I think those are the only two options, right? I love James Johnson, but historically, he's always been better off the bench. Um, and he, you know, he still he has a lot to prove this year, right? I, I think he's in shape. Um, he needs to cut his hair. Um, but yeah. beyond that, um, 
he's always been better off the bench. I think he just he's more comfortable. Um, he's playing against second units, so he's more comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's more he's more confident when he when when James Johnson is confident and he's he's playing um, he's playing within himself. He's a really good bench player, really good sixth, seventh, eighth man, right? But when you put him out there in a starting lineup and you're you're really relying on him, I think that's when he tends to disappoint. And a lot of it last year, I want to chalk up to injuries. We'll see what happens this year. But I think a lot of that was injuries last year. So unless – and the only other thing you could even think of is starting Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. which I don't like because uh, he's not as good of a shooter as Kelly or Myers Leonard. And I think you – neither Myers Leonard or Kelly are great rebounders, but at least they have the size. I just think you're way too small – and you're already probably not going to be a very good rebounding team to put a guy like DJJ at the four and then uh, push Bam to center. I just doesn't. I just don't think will work. So I just right now I think the only options are Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk, and I don't think they're bad options at all. I think they're actually really good options because I think both of them fit very well alongside Bam. Well, I, it, look, it depends. We're talking about rebounding. If we're talking about offensive rebounding or defensive rebounding, Derek Jones Jr. is a plus offensive rebounder. Oh, fantastic! At, offensive at, rebounder. At, at, at this point, but but yeah, you're right. As a defensive rebounder, Bam's going to need help, and and at least if Kelly can positionally handle that, I mean, they're not, you're right. They're not going to be a good rebounding team. Um, I mean, Jimmy Butler is uh, is somewhat of a plus rebounder for his spot. Justice certainly is for the point guard spot. So they will get. It, it's interesting. It's a little bit similar to the big three years where they got yeah. a lot of their rebounding uh, inverted. They got it from their perimeter guys and more so than their front court Dwayne, guys. Dwayne and LeBron handled a lot of rebounding for those teams. They did. And a lot of times they would get the rebound and go, which allowed them to ignite their break. And I think you'll see that some with justice and with Jimmy. And so well, I, and not even justice and Jimmy, every, if you start Kelly, mm-hmm. You start Kelly. There's going to be five guys on the floor that can grab a rebound and go. Yeah, they, they will have they will have really good ball handling. That that's true, and, and that, that's another reason. I, that is the ball handling thing with Kelly. Until I see more of Myers Leonard, I've got to lean towards Olenek there. I would not start James Johnson. I, I don't even if he's healthy. I, I just he's a he's basically you know career wise 32 percent from three. Uh, he's not going to create enough space for no. Jimmy and for Bam and justice to be able to operate. I, I don't, you know, and, and I just think there's too much duplication with him on the court with justice. With justice. Yeah. He takes, I, the ball, he takes the ball out of justice's hands. He, he does. And sometimes he does good things with it. But last year it was like dribbling in nowhere. I, I don't think that he's a good fit as a starter, especially if you're starting Dion. I mean, then it's Dion justice, Jimmy and JJ. No, no, you can't. That's, that's just you, you, work. You, you can't. So I don't think that he can start. Uh, the Derrick Jones Jr. thing is interesting. I mean, he and Bam have this personal friendship that's led to this connection, but I think that Kelly and Bam are a better fit from a playing standpoint. Um, so I would probably lean that way. Let, let's look at this now in the context of the league. I, I think you know, we, I think you and I agree the Heat's backcourt could be pretty good if it shapes out, you know, right. How good can this front court be? In other words, is Bam? And I know there's some rumors out there about what really happened with Bam on the USA team. I don't know. Okay, I don't. There's rumors. I think some of it was a little irresponsible the way it was put out. I mean, since nothing's been reported cleanly, um, I know people were a little frustrated. He didn't beat out someone like Mason Plumley. Sometimes <laughs> that can just be personal preference uh, of the head coach. I, th- I think that kind of lent to the rumors because people are trying to find an explanation. Something doesn't make sense. So 
right and, and for the right yeah and and so i don't know that it dims like bam's you know light here in terms of our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Where he's headed, the fact that he didn't make that team. He got invited. They saw something in him. Uh, I, you know, the workouts were impressive. It's not the whole thing that we saw, but they were impressive in terms of what we saw. And he has been working on his game. And now, yeah, he won't be traveling around the world playing. But, I mean, I, I believe he'll be in the gym. It's just the kind of person he is. Um, I, I mean, can this – I mean, they had a front court last year at times, okay? When they had Whiteside disengaged and they had James Johnson, who for a stretch – there was a stretch of about 12 games. He did not grab more than three rebounds. I mean, just how does that even happen for power forward in the league? Like, like you, you were getting absolutely nothing out of your forward spots last year. For large stretches of the season, yeah. like nothing. I, I mean, they couldn't. I mean, we talked about them rotating all these guards. I mean, look, just adding Jimmy and to me clearing Hassan out of the way, uh, you're vastly improved. If you can find a role for Kelly, you've got Olinick. Uh, you haven't lost anything significant. We haven't talked about Akpala because we haven't seen him. He, he couldn't play yeah, in the yeah. summer league. We have no idea what we're getting, and that so it's, it's hard to even just count on anything from him right now. It is, and I thought he might participate in summer league, but they didn't feel he was ready. Once he finally got approved, I think it was on July 6th to actually play because of the way that that trade worked. Um, but I, to me, the, their front court looks at a thinned out a little bit. Uh, I think, and, and this is not disrespect to Hassan, but people can take it this way. I've been told by people in the organization that losing him was adding five wins. Um, wow. Just, just because <laughs> it's just the burden that's taken off, not just the coach, but the others on that team to placate him, to play in a way that he could play, that he would be happy about, was just mentally and emotionally exhausting, okay? Yeah. And, and you were doing that for three years, and it just got to a point where they just couldn't do it anymore. And Bam is a low-maintenance, low-player you know, player and person. And so it, it's a lot, a lot easier. You don't have some of the stresses you had last year about getting everybody minutes at the four because you can get Kelly some minutes at the five if you need to. I, I agree with it. I think that losing Hassan is five wins. I, I do. I, I, and, you know, these things are hard to quantify, but I just I think that's it. And then if you say that Jimmy Butler is adding five wins, okay, so losing a Dwayne Wade is losing what? Two wins based on where Dwayne was at the stage of his career? Yeah, I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne was uh, – it was fun, and he it was reliable at some points at the end of games, mm -hmm. but it really, you know, it really was more about the tour than it was about – I mean, that, he played well, like, but, I mean – you're taking him out and adding Jimmy Butler, like you're saying. It's, it's just it's a net gain, right. and and the and the, the thing beyond uh, Hassan's personality and what what he meant to the uh, to the coaching staff and all that, 
one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that the the de- the definition of roles this year mm-hmm. and the where people aren't questioning uh, you know the whole Kelly thing last year should Bam start there's some guys on this team that across the board Bam Justice um and um Bam Justice and Jimmy we know that that is basically the core of your starting lineup we right. know that right now and then you start filling in the other pieces and then everyone settles into a role last year i mean you had you had you don't know if it's bam you don't know if it's uh white side you don't know if it's gone if it's winslow mm-hmm. like it was just too much too much stuff up in the air there were 19,002 guards all yep. that stuff is cleared out right now so when you say addition addition by subtraction when it comes to Hassan, it's not just about and with with Ellington and Tyler Johnson. It's not just about are they are they good guys or are they bad guys. It's just the it's building a team. Like right, it, it was just too hard to set rotations. People were all over Spo about his rotations last year. It's almost like what did you want the guy to do? You know there was so there was so many overlap there were so many overlapping skill sets. Well, and it showed on his face all year. It showed on oh his face. Oh my god, all year. he looks that, frustrated. All right, we'll finish this episode up in a second because we want to evaluate the entire front court as a whole. But first, I want to tell you about a great old and new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. They're back. BetDSI.com. BetDSI.com. Uh, it's really easy. Go there. Bet on games. I was doing it all last year. I was always losing on the last play. Okay, I was you know going to have the five for one payoff and. But you won't lose because you're not as pathetic as me. So go there, betdsi.com, and we've got like four podcasts doing this on our network, but we just want you to use our code because we're selfish. 5101. It's 5101. It's different from last year. Don't use the one from last year. A lot of you did. Don't use it. F-I-V-E 101. Go to betdsi, type that in, and you'll find out about all the bonuses that you get there. Um, Basically, they're giving you free money, okay? So they're giving you free money to gamble extensively. Um, but you're not going to get yourself in any difficulty with it. Okay, just stay under control. Okay, that's what I do. Um, and you'll have fun with it. It'll make the games a lot more fun to gamble. Of course, Miami FSU, the big one on this weekend as we're talking about this. But you can go on there and you can bet the over on the heat if you want. I think it's 42 and a half right now, Alf. I still feel pretty damn good about that. Um, you don't got to go out to Vegas to do that, although you and I want to do that again. But, uh, <laughs> but, and I will. But you can just bet the over, 42 and a half. You want to bet, you think the Panthers had a good offseason? We always say that the Panthers had a good offseason. Go bet the over. Get suckered in by that again. Uh, you still have time to bet the over on the Dolphins if you want to bet the over on the Dolphins. I think that's five and a half. Um, I think yeah, the Dolphins will be. Well, I, I, I think the Dolphins will be upset if they go over, actually. So I think, I think Steve Ross is going to put all the money on going. You guys keep asking why is Fitzpatrick starting? I know. That's why Fitzpatrick started. Right, that's, yeah, because Steve Ross has the under uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so but go, go to betdsi.com. Again, that's bet dsi.com we'll tell you more about it here as we go forward all right let's finish this thing up now um the heat front court if it's bam olenic uh butler and then it's say a bench of myers leonard james johnson Derek jones and kz akpala is kind of the wild card and udonis haslam is the ass kicker from the bench did you forget duncan robinson again i did duncan robinson is an interesting prospect okay um okay, i think i just, think i think he's just, an nba player I, mean, I think he I think he is an NBA player, and I thought it was interesting they stuck him in at the two at times last year. Um, I think he's an NBA player. I don't know that he's Mike Miller. I know that's a comparison that's made. I don't know that he's got no, kind of as much. Uh, people, people remember Mike Miller with the Heat when all the wiggle was gone because his back was broken. Uh, but Mike Miller was a really dynamic player when he broke in the league. I, I don't think that's Duncan Robinson. Do I think he can be 
a, a useful piece on a team that needs shooting? Yes. Um, and, and, and he has good size. Uh, you know, the question is, can he, I think he's on, it's underrated how big he is. He's no, a, he is. He, he's, he's, he's a legit six foot eight, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. No, no, he is. Uh, people don't think of him that way, but he is. They think of him more of as like a, uh, a you know, a tweener he, guy. He's not. And he moves well for a guy that big. He does. Uh, can he move well enough defensively to be kept I mean, out they, there? there? There were some. There were some clips last year of the way he moved on defense, and that guy can defend. Now, yeah. I'm not saying he's some world beater, but that he's a. He, when you you know a guy's an, uh, an NBA player when he hit that second or third year in summer yeah. league and he starts to dominate, like he doesn't right. look like he should be in the floor with the rest of these guys. That's what Duncan Robinson looked like in summer league this year. He did. Now some of it had to do with the fact that he was also playing, I think, with a better team than some of those other guys. But he looked, uh, no, he looked good. I like him as a player. I shouldn't have forgotten to mention him. I apologize to Duncan Robinson, whose nickname, by the way, is Debo. If you didn't know that uh, from Friday, I don't Which know if you're aware of that. It is. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he looks like Debo, right? Exactly. Yeah, uh, so, so let's say, I mean, that, so that's the collection of, of eight players here. Um, again, apologize to Duncan Robinson. Uh, how good is this front court potentially? Um, when you, uh, it's hard to just sit, sit there and look at players and line them up against the rest of the, let's say the Eastern conference. I just feel like the way it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to tell because you don't know what Jimmy's going to look like with Kelly and Bam, right? Kelly and Bam play well together, but what does Jimmy throw a wrench into that? And they, or they, maybe they'll have to switch it up. But I do think that those three guys can play together very well because Kelly or Bam don't need the ball, right? Um, and they play off of other people very well. And Jimmy, Jimmy can pass. Jimmy, um, Jimmy can create. Jimmy knows where to find guys, and those guys know where to be. They know how to play their roles. And defensively, Bam and Jimmy. I mean. Bam, Jimmy, and Winslow, like that's – I mean, it's a nightmare defensively for other teams. So when you put it all together, I don't know if just when you put the names against other names in the Eastern Conference, where do they line up? But I think when, when, when that chemistry hits, I think those three guys, whether it's Kelly, Bam, and uh, Jimmy, or it's Myers, Bam, and Jimmy, which I think we're both kind of under the impression it's going to be Kelly, Bam, and Jimmy. When those when that chemistry hits, I think those guys it's going to be a really really potent front court. That what is it top three in the East? I don't think so, but it's definitely a top top four top five. And then when you put the whole team together and you have and you have that, I think you have a a good bench. I mean, I I think the heater. I'm I'm coming more around to a four seed than a mm-hmm. five or a six. Yeah. Um. The more that I really look at this team and then I look at the bench, a bench of, you know. Goron, James Johnson, Derek Jones Jr., Myers Leonard. You know, when you put all that together, I just think that they can be pretty potent. Tyler Hero. Um, I think I think I'm starting to see a four seed. Yeah, I I've seen a four seed for a while, to be honest. Uh yeah, you've been which is funny. You're never higher on the heat than I am. No, no, but but I but no, because why did I not like the team uh the past couple of years? Because the pieces made no sense. That matters. When when people talk about chemistry. They always get this argument wrong. Chemistry is not about whether guys go to dinner with each other, okay? There's been lots of players that have not liked each other, okay? Jamal Mashburn and Tim Hardaway had plenty of success, never really liked each other. That, 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 is, that is one of the most overrated things. This, that 05 06 team that won a championship is one of the most dysfunctional teams I've ever covered. <laughs> I mean, they were screaming at each other. You know, Gary Payton and Dwayne Wade, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne of all people at that stage was screaming at each other in front of us in Chicago, okay? Chemistry, team chemistry is overrated in that sense. But chemistry matters a lot in terms of 
basketball pieces and how they fit a lot and more so than I think any other sport. We talk about offensive line play in the NFL or maybe a line that plays together in the NHL. It matters. Okay. In baseball, I don't think it matters at all. Maybe a double play combination. That's it. It may be a pitcher catcher battery, but beyond that, it's an individualist, you know, it's an individualist sport. But I just think when you look at, at basketball, it matters. And I, one of the things that I, you know, again, I'm not saying I'm a great talent scout. Okay. We, we have Nikias Duncan for that. Okay. I'm, I'm not. Okay. But I think the one thing I've been able to sort of do covering this league for 20 years and following it when I was a kid is identify pretty quickly whether pieces fit on a team. And like just, you, can, you can sort of put it on paper and say, okay, with this guy, with this guy will make sense. This guy with that guy will make sense. I do think I'm good at that, okay? And I've been able to do it over and over with these Heat teams and kind of known in training camp whether it was going to work or not. And it was just very obvious last year it was not. You, you can't. I mean, you didn't need to be, you know, my history of being able to identify it to know that. Like, it just didn't. It was, it, it was just too many B-minus players. Right. Well, who, to who, be. With, with overlapping skill sets, okay? And, 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 and no true alpha except for Dwayne. And Dwayne on his, you know, in his right, last, on his last just, legs. Like, like, like how, and how, how are you going to decide kind of, uh, you know, who to play? I mean, every time you played one guy, this was the thing. It was a whack-a-mole situation. Like, if Spolster played one guy – like, okay, you could play Kelly to give yourself the dribble handoff stuff and the spacing, but you might lose something defensively and in rebounding. You could play Dion to give yourself sort of a jolt offensively, but you're also going to take everybody else out of the offense, right? You could – everything you did meant you were going to lose something else, okay? And so, you know, Hassan, you needed rebounding, but then you were going to get the pouting. Like, it was – there was – everybody had a hole, okay? This team – I'm not saying that none of the players have holes. I'm just saying when you look at it, the only hole from a team perspective that I see is it looks like they're a little short on shooting and they're a little short on rebounding. And yes, those two things matter. If you can't shoot and you can't rebound, I mean, if you're not a great shooting team, you're going to need to be a good rebounding team to give yourself more opportunities. So these are issues you and I are going to be talking about all season. But yeah. as far as the pieces, like you and I have not had a hard time, and that's one of the reasons I want to do this exercise, you and I have not had a hard time over the past two days saying, okay, here's a combination that could work. Here's a combination that could work. Here's a combination that could work. I had a lot of trouble with that last year. The, right? This year, the roles are more, uh, can be more defined from the very beginning, and I think that's a plus for this, this roster. And when you talk about fit, what, what, I, what I see with this team, and I hope that this is what happens, I'm, so, I'm pretty positive, and I think a lot of Heat Twitter is really anxious about the, is, is Winslow going to start or not. But what I see to this team, the core is Winslow, Bam, and Jimmy. And to right. me, that you now you have a defined personality and an attitude because I do think those three guys, Bam is a little bit more fun-loving than the other two. Right. Um, but I think you have three ultra-competitive, um, ultra-professional. Uh, I know sometimes you hear other things about Jimmy, but Jimmy just wants to win. You have three guys that are defensive-minded. You just have these competitors out there with a little bit of a nasty streak. And I think they're going to set the tone for the whole team, which is why I'm just so adamant that justice needs to start because I'm, that, to me, is your core going forward. The other pieces, you, 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 know, you bring them in and out for shooting, which yeah. is why eventually I think Hero and Olenek, uh, with those three guys, is going to be a super potent lineup um, because of the shooting and even Myers Leonard as well. Um, and if Goron can get his shooting back and – even waiters, but those three guys to me is why I look at this team and I say, wow, this team has an identity with those three guys. And it really, and, and that's why I keep, I, I keep creeping them, 
at first I was around a six or a seven, then I was at five or six. I'm creeping up more and more to this team could possibly be a four seed. And then also just because I look around the rest of the East, yeah, like I just, I mean, I don't believe in Charlotte, uh, Boston. I don't either. At all. I don't, be- I, don't, I don't believe in Indiana either because I don't know when Oladipo is going to be right. And they don't have enough complimentary scoring on that team in my view, especially with Bogdanovich gone. And so those two teams, and honestly, Toronto, man, I don't know. Like, is Siakam ready to be the lead guy? Uh, I'm not I sure. I, really, it's Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then and everybody else, and 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 everybody else, and, and even look, I'm not saying the Heat's gonna be better than Milwaukee. I don't believe they are, no. but but Milwaukee did lose some pieces. I mean, they did lose Brogdon. Uh, they've lost some. They lost some of their their bench. You know, and in my it didn't add a lot. They added a couple pieces that could help them, but a little to the older side. I, I don't know necessarily um, that they're going to be as good as last year. I think to a certain degree they snuck up on some people last year. Giannis is playing internationally this summer. He may be a little bit worn down. He's had a lot more on his schedule, the MVP thing. I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to take a big step back. I don't know necessarily, though, that they're going to win as many games as they did last year. Like, they were clearly the best team in the regular season last year. Uh, I mean, better than Golden State. I mean, their numbers from a, you know, from a uh, analytics standpoint, they were the best team in the league. Like, they were – historically good team in terms of they you know one of the better best teams in the league in the past few years but i don't know that they're necessarily going to be there this year now philly i like you and i that's a whole nother podcast I, I, some of the personalities there i'm not sure the basketball i like, I like the t- basketball wise I, I basketball just, wise i love their fit yeah I, I think they've done a really good job constructing that thing again uh, but i don't know for sure but I, I think it would be crazy not to put those two teams ahead of the heat the rest of them I'm not sure. I mean, Toronto's getting respect, but they just lost arguably the best player in the league. And then what about I, – I, I don't believe in Toronto at all. Um, I, I think Toronto's lower half of the Eastern Conference playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, I think Boston, just because Brad Steven and the Boston try-hard thing, yeah. like, they might have a really good regular season. Um, Brooklyn um, – Brooklyn I, 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 I don't believe in them either. I, I like I mean, their they coach. Could be, they could potentially be – they have a good coach. Uh, they added Kyrie. Um, and, and they, they lost the and they lost the lost D'Angelo and D'Angelo was healthy last year. Now that and Kyrie I think probably Kyrie's an upgrade though. He's so, an upgrade. He's an upgrade if he plays. I, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of games he doesn't play. Now they did lose you know Levert for part of last season. Uh, you know they lost Dinwiddie for part of last season. So if they have those guys healthy, they'll have a better complement on the backcourt. But I'm not totally. I like Jared Allen, but I don't love their front court depth. I don't I, – I think we're sort of – I think they've been over – I think they overachieved last year. Um, and now it's the same thing that happens when Kyrie came into Boston. Like, it was a team that overachieved, and then Kyrie comes in, and they're supposed to get better. And, and his personality do. sometimes doesn't necessarily make you better. So we'll talk about that going forward. Before we go, though, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. We know them well because we have an office with them, actually. Um, it's down on I-90, I-95. It's right before Golden Glades. Um, so if you're, you, know, you know what you're doing? If you're stuck trying to get to Golden Glades coming out of Miami, which you will be, um, you can just pull over and just come visit them. Just make up a case that you want them to settle for you. They'll settle it for you. It's a 15,000-square-foot office, I-95. It's around 103rd Street. They will handle cases from all over the state. Call now, 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com. I've sent four people there, okay? Uh, I can tell you that they have very good results with traffic tickets because one of those four people was me, um, and they got it thrown out. So 1-855-5000-LAW, 1-855-5000-LAW. That's a Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Alf and I will be back next week. We're going to Magic City Casino now. Join us. If, you, if you're hearing this, come join us at the Hive. We'll, uh, we'll hang out with you here. Talk soon.